Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Cosmos Insightful Conversations. And today is the day after the solar eclipse. We're in that luminous time where the light shifts from on off like a strobe with the eclipses. It was a solar eclipse yesterday in Libra, late Libra, going across the southern part of, well, sort of the western south part of the United States down the continents into South America. And ahead of us is going to be the lunar eclipse. However, today we're talking about another issue that is pertinent because for two months we have a dwarf planet. Yes, Eris, that dethroned Pluto and upthroned Pluto because Pluto is now really in charge of all these dwarf planets. Who would know sitting underneath deep in the crevices of the underworld. But yes, there's more treasures to hold. And Eris is important and conjunct, very exactly so, at the same degree, the North Node at 24 Aries. So this has a lot to be talked about. It has about exclusion and inclusion in our consciousness. That's major. It's either in or it's out, just like a baseball team, right? What inning? You're out. Okay, well, we're not. We're going to begin. And there's a lot more. Eris is also the sister to Mars. I don't want to give away the whole thing, but there's a little bit few snapshots that if you understand a little bit of the backdrop, how vital and important of this that she is. Okay, oh, and those dates, just to give you a little heads up, because you're wondering, okay, two months when? It was back in September on the 26th, We're here a couple weeks later on the 15th of October, and it's going to be all through October, all through November until the 29th, just before Halloween. Okay, now we are ready for our wonderful two master astrologers, Alan Clay, master astrologer. And can I have the uh, slides, Nate? I don't have this off the top of my head, although I can certainly give it anyway. Yeah. And for those folks, Alan Clay founded Dwarf Planet University in 2020, just when I did my YouTubes. And he wrote a book prior to that in 2018, Sedna, a great uh, uh, reference about this dwarf planet that's on the outer reference of our solar system. And the big hurrah for today is a second textbook, Maki Maki, Uranus, Higher Octave, is being published on Amazon. And there's a special giveaway today if you get hot and trot to your app on Kindle because you can download it for free. Just write a little review and say, hey, yippee. And so that's today, and I think it'll be tomorrow. It'll come up again. But his Dwarf Planet University, I'm a graduate, and my other 
co-special uh, guest, Mel Melissa, is also a graduate of Alan's wonderful classes that illuminate this consciousness in deep into our soul, into areas that we didn't know. However, that doesn't end with Alan. He had other achievements. He is a filmmaker, uh, editor, producer, Courting Chaos, which is about his professional clown instruction and manual that he actually wrote. Also, Angels Can Fly. The trickster and clown energy is huge. It's evident with this dwarf planet, but it's in life. It's everywhere. It's all across the universe. It isn't always as we think. <laughs> Wait and see, as people say. And Melissa, Elvira, oh, you know what? I think I forget. I've forgotten L in your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Billington is a yoga teacher, actor, author, playwright, blogger, and an astrologer. And she's worked all across the world and produced her own show, a very fascinating one, Pocahontas, as it was actually in her legacy of life, genealogy-wise, and also has done comedy stand-up right now and is a yoga teacher, has her own brand. She's taught, again, everywhere you can think of and anywhere she can find. <laughs> and and studied astrology with Graham Bell and, of course, is a graduate along with me, an assistant teacher for Alan, very instrumental and co-author right now with mm -hmm. Alan for these two books, Hamea and Maki Maki. And watch out, there's several more yet to come as Maybe. we go along. However, <laughs> Melissa is enrolled in Master Environmental Management at University of Queensland, Brisbane, because she's taking this intellectual prowess and putting it mainstream to integrate. It'll be very exciting, right up my alley. The ocean and the world, we need her. So check out her blog, Trust the Longer Journey at Substack. It has lots of information. And me. Here's me for those that look at uh, the YouTube, you can find out. So we can begin. Hi, Alan. Hi, Melissa. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's exciting. Thank you for having yeah. us here. Well, so rising and shining in Australia, not like even here, but we're all with the sunshine. I'm literally facing the rising sun. Ah. <laughs> it's, yes. It, it's cloudy here in Canberra, so we haven't we haven't got the sun this morning. Oh, wait. well, it will. I know. I don't know how many. I know some people really saw the eclipse yesterday. I saw photos that I hadn't realized, so it wasn't mm. totally missed. Mm, very powerful. Very powerful. Since we're dealing with the nodes, I thought mm. we'd begin just saying, what is that? Node is an intersection point. By description, lunar has it with the moon, its path. It crosses the sun's elliptic path. So these are points. This graphic explains it. It's, it's real. Astronomy is something to study. However, the, an important feature is the ascending and descending. The ascending is going upward, and it's the north node. It actually starts at Cancer, which always has seemed curious to me, but it does. Mm. And... It would be, that would be the so, uh, 
summer solstice here mm. in the northern hemisphere. Of course, you folks are in yeah. in the <laughs> other hemisphere. I know. But we really need to have a talk about how they coordinate. Yeah, we're we're coming to you from the future. It's actually yeah, that's right. of October here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's exact. So here again, this Aries North Node for our audience is going to it started this summer on the 17th of July, 17, 18, depending where you were. And it goes all the way through this year and next year up until the very beginning of January in 2025 for a year and a half. And Aries, of course, the archetype ruled by Mars is about identity, your very mm -hmm. self, your decisions, your choices. Mm -hmm. Any mm -hmm. comments that you want to make? Before. I particularly find um, these sorrow cycles fascinating. I've looked um, at a few, it, they're, they're like rings on a tree. These 18.6 year cycles are called sorrow cycles and they go back for hundreds of years. And it's like they have a, um, almost like a slinky going down the stairs. <laughs> you know, like they have a lifespan <laughs> and then they come to a stop. They start and they come to a stop. Um, and so it's interesting to see where they start and where they stop. And also um, to look back if you have enough lifespan to be able to look back, you know, one or two cycles to see what happened. So for me in 2004, 2006 was when I was um, looking to, to stay in a relationship or break away to, and we ended up moving to New Zealand from the Caribbean and, and then splitting up. So it was very much an Aries Libra dynamic for me at that time as well. So it's potent for myself also. Thank you, Melissa. And I agree because in the sorrows, they go back 1200 years. And since this is a trying to think a total, it's right in the middle. Or is it? It's a lunar eclipse. No, it's not. That was a so, it was a solar eclipse that was total. This is not. This is at the beginning. So it wasn't that long ago, and I didn't bring up that info. Was it so major for I don't think we're going to get to it all. <laughs> well, we will. It, we'll kind of skirt around. It's good. I know yeah. for myself, I too, I took care of my dad then, moved, and big beginnings and endings. It's always significant. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So one of the points that I love is that the Lunar North Node, especially in Aries, Isabel Hickey, she's a spiritual astrologer. There's some kind of noise going on. Is that me? I can hear that. It's yeah, a, like a know. reverb or an echo. Yeah, a little bit. At any rate, she is focused on spiritual astrology. And that is all up our alley, I know, because with the dwarfs, it's all about spirituality. And mm -hmm. the focus here is just to add that what she says with Aries is that before you give yourself away, you have to have a self. You know? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I, I think, Alan, maybe if, do you have headphones? That you uh, no, I'm not using headphones. Should I be using headphones? Is that if you could? It might it, stream your. Sorry to bring yeah, attention. If I can, yeah. that's all right. Yeah, it it seems to echo. I can probably do that. It has a different. Um, it's immediate. It's a little bit like Aronis, I think. It doesn't delay like <laughs> those who might be catching up. I don't know. 
But again, this last part about, I think, Melissa, you saw when we change our attitude. Did, did you want to comment on that? There was something- uh, it, just, it feels brilliant for, you know, the bigger picture of, of Eris in particular. When we change our attitude, we start blessing that which we are fighting against. You know, I've been thinking about Eris and what's happening uh, in the world in that realm. So I don't know if we want to get right into Eris or well, we that's could, kind of a yeah. preview of what's to let's, come. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I think it, get, it's best with these dwarf planets to get into it when we're there. And that way we can build the picture as it comes. So, yes, I think that's, that's why don't we jump in from there to Eris because um, blessing what we're fighting against. I mean, we tend to think with Eris, she's the goddess of discord. This is a sort of traditional view um, that comes from mythology. Uh, she's the, the sister of Mars and they, you know, um, are always in battle together and she never leaves um, the battlefield until there is no one else standing. Relentless. Um, <laughs> she's totally relentless. And she can, she can muster enough power to overcome anything. Uh, and so, uh, so, so, but, you know, these dwarf planets, they act differently. Um, they're talking about aspects of consciousness. So inside Saturn, the planets are aspects of personality outside aspects of consciousness and um, they how they affect us in our lives depends on our current level of consciousness obviously uh, and yeah go would you say Alan also one reason it's so relentless is because it's in, she wants inclusivity well it could be the exclusivity for revenge on a lower level mm. of consciousness mm. but mm. that requirement to be included something mm. that they want included of course Eris herself knows what needs to be included the whole schmas so that's <laughs> where it just kind of keeps rolling yeah yeah totally totally yeah uh, well I, I feel think- like what you said even for revenge I feel like a revenge is you know we could say a lower consciousness of that desire to be seen and accepted to be included you got it yes to- yeah yeah, and the mythology really brings that up. How about these higher octaves, Alan? That's right. such a strength of what you. This is share. just one way for us to understand these outer planets. So they're aspects of consciousness. You know, let's think: uh, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto uh, are the newly discovered outer planets before the ones we're talking about here. Uh, and so they are aspects of consciousness, Uranus, intuitive consciousness, Neptune, spiritual consciousness, and Pluto, psychological consciousness, all the baggage, the underworld, and dealing with that. Um, so um, one way we can understand these outer planets is to uh, think of them as a higher octave of an inner planet energy that we know well. Uh, and traditionally, Pluto has been thought of as the higher octave of Mars, um, where that active energy can at a more spiritual level is a sort of transformative um and and still has that sort of mars demanding sort of uh, you know if you're not sensitive to it and i suggest that eris is the higher octave of pluto because um she's obviously the sister of mars and uh, she, and she um, usurped Pluto, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> she, <it's> just, <laughs> who would invent all of this? It, it's and just, you, you, you've got a, um, a beautiful um, diagram there of, of orbits. Uh, I'm not quite sure 
which one's Eris there? But the reality is that Eris is uh, orbits at 44 degrees inclination to the ecliptic. She's the most inclined. Pluto is 17 degrees. So, you know, he goes in the underworld. What is that? Well, he, he, he's on an angle. The ecliptic is consensus reality. It's all the inner planets go in an orbit. It's the same orbit, same plane. Uh, and uh, and the dwarf planets cut through that. Pluto cuts through it, 17 degrees. Now, Eris is 44 degrees, so she's going to be a lot more, you know, Incisive. Yeah, incisive. It is. It really adds. That's incisive. like half a, half a square. That's a deep, steep yeah. incline. It's yeah. really an cool. overview and an underview, you know, in terms yeah. of perspective. That's it. That's it. And it's 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 all valid for for Eris. And I just wanted to touch on something you have on that last slide, Sue, of the radical activist. Radical is a I love etymology, the roots of words, and radical comes from the word root, radix. Mm. So it's the origins, the roots of things. So when we're just talking about overview and underview, literally that underview, looking at it from way down deep underneath, mm. as well as above. Mm. Thank you. Absolutely. That is good. Because mm. I know those are words that I was reviewing my own notes that from Alan and radical comes up. And mm. I hope I had that correct there. But an activist yeah. is oh, really, absolutely. yeah, action is what yeah. it, she wants. And here, this yeah. is just again for folks to specify those dates and that it is during the eclipse season that yeah. uh, Eris is conjunct the North Node and, and giving us this intense laser moment of inclusivity and exclusivity. So yeah, it, on our on our destiny is, is is what we need to point out there. So the North Node is 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 our destiny. It's it's that point, as you say, that's ascending, uh, the node that's ascending, and so it's where we we have work to do. We, we and we must go there and do that work. Um, we tend to want to hang at the south node because that's where we're familiar. We've, we've, we've got strengths there. We've also got karma. We've got stuff that we need to work with, and, and that makes us feel valid and important to work with that. So we tend to hang around at the south node doing all of that stuff that we know we should do and, um, <laughs> and not going to the north node and, and doing the stuff that's going to create karma, going to, going to push our life in a new direction. Um, and 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 Eris being there, let me just come to is um, is she's she's got that inclusive sort of lights that she wants to everything must be included and and valued for for itself. Uh, and um, so on the North Node, where if we're shy of going there, um, having Eris there is really going to pull us. There. We're going to get some some clarity at this point about what we're here to do uh, on a practical level it's not so much a soul mission but it's it's on a you know, an earthly mission here um, may i just add in a, a personal kind of a pictorialization of what you're talking about from last night i was given a, a ticket to go see flamenco which i studied and love and that's very i would say a Russian quality it's very fiery and mm. um the the woman performs and the man performs and mm. it almost seems like a battle mm. and so i was trying to get there and ended up having to call an uber and it was 
going to be seven minutes till he arrived. And then all of a sudden it was 14 minutes. And I was like, am I going to get there in time? Because they're going to close the doors. They're going to lock me out. Yeah. And um, he pulls up. <laughs> I go to open the door and it's locked. And I'm trying to open the door to get <laughs> into the car. And he pulls away. And I'm like, this has never happened to me. I don't understand what's <laughs> going on. I don't have any time to waste. So I get on and I, I get an, another Uber. And literally, you know how they tell you who who the person is, and oh, no. it says it says karma is on his way. <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and for me, I, the reason I'm saying this is because my son is pretty much conjunct this Eris North node. Uh-huh. It's a little bit wide, but um, I'm definitely feeling um, these qualities of you know being excluded and included and, and what that means and also wow. the wrap up of, of what is karma. And so on the ride, this is a, a Buddhist man from Bhutan whose name is karma. I asked him what karma means to him. And he said, yeah. well, it means cause and effect, but it also means star. Wow. Ah. Interesting that wow. we have that. Yeah, that fixed stars are huge with that whole thing. Well, well, even, you know, well, Alan, your, your book, New Stars for a New Era, right? So we talk about the planets as being stars as well. That's so. it. That's Wandering right. stars, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, planet that's is. Right. Exactly. Wandering stars. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this inconvenient truth, agent of sacred chaos for illumination. And, mm. and I was thinking about the South Nodes gives fodder, like food fodder for mm. us to navigate and 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 to readjust our perspective mm. because there's shadows parts of that that you know that we need to exclude mm. but it mm. yeah and it is interesting and melissa what you're saying about cause and effect because aries and mars is very much about incisive directions choices and decisions and creating karma everywhere Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And it's a matter of, you know, he was also saying that um, if you do or say something positive, that doesn't necessarily mean that it, it will come directly back to you. And he was also talking about lives, um, which kind of gets into Sedna and Soul's Path of Destiny across lives. But mm-hmm. he was saying that it, it influences your reputation, what people can say about you. So even if the, the effect isn't immediate because of time, on being on a bigger scale, um, there's a reputation established. So Mm -hmm. karma is both positive and negative. So it's being Mm -hmm. more aware of of the impacts of our intentions, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and here we have the judgment of Paris. That's the, let's, yes, let's talk about that, Ms. Claude. For people so they understand Eris there. I think that's a good one. Okay. It according to history, it was during 1260 to 1180 BCE. That's before Common Era. Mm-hmm. And I think the point I love Dane Ruchar, which I know Alan inspired you greatly and inspires mm-hmm. myself too, and I'm sure Melissa, that he says Eris is transmutation of love, life into love. Yeah. And this idea that she's a, uh, a reveals in, mm. as a catalyst intentions, mm. and I and I begin that before the myth because the myth is all about a wedding mm-hmm. where Eris was rejected, 
want to go on? <laughs> no, you I, go. I, <laughs> no, I can, I can jump in with another personal okay. experience of this. I've literally experienced this in my family of being yeah. ostracized from my grandfather's wedding um, oh. and having uh, my mother be ostracized because another relative, uh, because of dynamics. And what I find interesting is the story I'm looking, yes, you have it in here, of through the golden apple, which inscribed on it said to the fairest, right? Mm. And what it did was brought out the ugliest. Mm. So well, that's it. that, yes. that mm. like kind of um, mm. prompt of mm. who's mm. the fairest created this mm. uh, dynamic of the ugliest part of people coming forward. But I think if I might, thank you, because to me, that is immediately, there's a choice always. And they chose mm. either or, not and both. If That's they right. realized <laughs> yeah, that they'd all had strengths and they looked to the other to say, oh, but you are, of course, then they could have argued about who is the best, right? <laughs> I mean, back and forth, it's like, I'll pay for dinner. No, I'll pay for dinner. No, I'll pay for dinner. Perhaps we should just sort of tell people the myth because okay. just very quickly. Please. So Eris uh, wasn't invited to a, to a wedding and uh, everyone else was invited. And she threw in uh, a golden apple into the wedding she, and she showed up anyway yeah she showed up anyway and 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 threw in this golden apple uh saying inscribed to the fairs and all the beautiful women immediately started fighting over who was the fairest and who could have the apple uh and so that's uh and so i think you know what i would draw from this in terms of her action in our lives is um, she's she's inciting our natural reactions so that we can see where where they lead, and at the unconscious level they often lead into that sort of judgmental competitive uh, situation, and um, and that's going to end up badly. That created the Trojan War. That 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 wedding. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was a matter of, 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 of dominoes, of effects. Yeah, That's so yeah. true because yeah. of these three goddesses, they each had something to offer and Zeus, the god of all, chose a mortal. And so I yeah. think it really relates mm -hmm. down to our mortal choices. And it was mm -hmm. whether there would be power, mm -hmm. wisdom, mm -hmm. or beauty. And again, it asks us to find out what is this idea of beauty if we go into the golden mean that Venus mm -hmm. or Aphrodite suggests. Mm -hmm. It's this larger picture of, 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 of symmetry and, 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 and growth. And mm -hmm. besides that, it love essentially, like Dane says, is the basis, like what is judgment without mercy or what mm -hmm. is power mm -hmm. without compassion? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to um, drop in there the, this moniker that she has of being the goddess of discord and um, recognizing uh, chord music, which you would know, Sue, uh, more intimately than I do, but that when we're aware of something being off key or disharmonic, that's mm. then what creates the impetus to create harmony, to, to mm. bring it into harmony. Mm. So okay. the focus, I think, is a little bit shy of the overall process, you know, yeah. because we're seeing the thing that's going, ah, this is 
this is upsetting, but actually that upset is leading us to greater harmony when we address Mm. it. Thank you. It's true because there's certain musics that are always without that discord, as we could say, with different Mm. chords. But Mm. there's also from this, and I appreciate you saying this, and then we'll have to break away as we see the time is there. Um, (laughs) The discordian, there's this whole idea of discordian that, that, Mm. that came out in the 1800s, I guess, from Mm. this whole myth. But it Mm. says that Western society has this penchant Mm. Pen, I think that's what using it right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for mm-hmm. um, for order and that yeah. chaos. It, it, what is chaos except just rearranging things? It's, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. We actually need discord to grow. So there's there's you know without discord things stay the same. We and I think <laughs> for clown for teach. Well, here now we're really going over. But yeah, in yeah. the clown. Uh, mastery, I'm sure you use this imp- sudden improvisation. I mean, it's a hallmark. There are no mistakes in clowns, so it's all, it's all it's all errors. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We will return then with Alan Clay of Dwarf, Uni- Plan- uh, Dwarf Planet University and Melissa Elvira Billington. This is Top Cosmos talking about Eris and the North Node. Come right back. We have lots more, and thank you. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, The energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships, with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 22nd, get to know the people behind Animals 24-7, an online independent newspaper and information source about animals and humane issues around the world. Merritt and Beth Clifton and their work is amazing. And they'll have the latest about the animals in Israel and Gaza. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. 
Well, that was exciting. That was a new recording and I like it. I like it very much. That was exciting. Well, Nate, if we could go back to our slides. Okay, because what we're going to show right now, we can always go back to these. But I always ask, we'll have to go back, our guests, what's happening? And I know, Alan, you have a big occasion today about the book that you and Melissa wrote, Maki Maki. Oh, so, okay. huge weekend where we've uh, we've uh, just launched our second textbook um, at the at the uni, um, and this one's on Maki Maki. Maki Maki is the higher octave of Uranus, which is the higher octave of Mercury. So we can think of the the intellectual trio. Um, Mercury's ideas are networked uh, by Uranus, and that network addresses uh, a bigger understanding, uh, culture, a nation, um, a whole context, which is Maki Maki. Maki Maki is uh, um, the, the model that we have of the world. We oh, we've sort of so our exciting. understanding, yeah. So a free Kindle download is available. Is that today and tomorrow? I mean, go as soon as you can to Amazon and get it. It will kick out uh, probably in the next 24 hours at some point. Um, and, uh, yes, I mean, then it's just sort of $11 or something, so it's not expensive anyway. Uh, but we're giving away um, as many people who can download it, download it, uh, it's a promotional offer, and we just ask that um, if you like it, uh, write a review, post something on social media, or tell a friend. We're trying well, to get the. I know I am going to going. Go. purchase <laughs> it as I did the other because it's good reference, and it, and this whole idea of the cultural basis. We'll we have a slide at the end, I think, that will that bring up a little bit about that in our class, and then again, this is. Alan's book, Sedna, and the first textbook that he wrote with Melissa, and your clown manual that is the go-to for <laughs> that <Clinton>. world. <laughs> yes. And then your Dwarf Planet University with all the different classes. This is just right at the bottom. It's dwarfplanetastrology.com. Mm -hmm. So there and right Beautiful. now. Beautiful. Thank you. Yep, mm. We have all these. For so folks. we have... We have mm -hmm. about, I'm uh, going to say, with the community program, uh, we've probably got 150 students uh, at the moment on on courses, uh, and which is pretty awesome. Um, this is uh, you know we're the most we've had. Um, we've been running now. Is it almost three years? I think it is. And so, 2020. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So officially. You had some courses before, but I think I did. That's right, and that's right. Yeah. So, and 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 look, can I just say, since you're both uh, sort of, you know, part of the experience, um, you know, what, what's what I think people sort of should know <laughs> is that um, is that so these are new aspects of consciousness, and we onboard them fairly easily over a six-week period with each of them by just studying them in our chart, in our lives. We look at our house position to start with for the first two weeks, 
aspects in the next two weeks and transits uh, in, in, in the final fortnight. And in that period, we kind of see how the planet is engaging and has engaged with our life over uh, the period of our life. And, and by doing that, we enable it. And that consciousness is there for us to use from then on. So it's, we don't have to, like the yogis of old, go into the cave for years and meditate and not eat and, you know, we can we can just do a six week course. It's so <laughs> insightful. It's so insightful to have that time to really digest, and it takes time afterwards too. So I it does. strongly exactly. applaud mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. welcome the whole experience. It adds a whole other matrix to experiences that you've had with other intentions. It mm -hmm. all gets down into this because spiritual and with Pluto and with intentions and. And, and the greater scheme, and they work together. It's like synergetic, too. I, I'm just totally would, loving, glad. Mm -hmm. I would have to add in there that the ongoing community, you know, whether it's just dropping into the student common room or continuing to take classes, which a lot of people do, um, is what gives the the web for the those new mm -hmm. embodiments of consciousness to continue to deepen uh, mm -hmm. and be more embodied um, mm -hmm. because yeah. I think I'm always amazed when people can evolve when they're in the midst of all of the sticky threads that made them the way they are. Yeah. You know, so yeah. as we're shifting and transmuting, um, cognizing ourselves, yeah. um, mm -hmm. I think it's really helpful to have the reiteration over and over, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what I found. Uh, it's been officially three years that I've been working with Alan in some way or another, but I started, five years ago with the release of Sedna. So mm -hmm. just having the perpetual ongoing is like, it's valuable. Deepens yeah. it. Deepens Absolutely. It. Yep. Mm -hmm. It does. It, mm -hmm. it's a process mm -hmm. here. Let's focus on you and then we'll get right back to the show <laughs> again. Okay. And, and that is <laughs> trust the longer journey. I love that, which is very spiritual and everything, but mm -hmm. this is, go ahead. What, what is coming up with your life? That's mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> well, well, you can see at the bottom there that I've I've gone I've gone from uh, being an artist in a number of many of different forms, really, um, and still do that. To the healing arts, so creative arts and healing arts have always been a big part, and mm -hmm. nature and love of environment. And I had become. Um, activated into activism, uh, particularly around water in 2014, when I was given my first prayer song from an indigenous elder in the Americas. And, and so I was doing what I could with what I knew with the yoga and the um, art and like, you know, trying to motivate people to care about nature in a more active way. Um, and just got to a point where I felt like, I, I really need to inquire into the science. And I think this might have been particularly um, motivated as well by the exposure to Maki Maki, to that kind of bigger picture mm. of, um, Good I mean, I've always loved research. Yeah. That's part of what I love in the if, work that I do with Alan. So, Melissa? Mm. If I, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I wasn't really clear and this is very good, but I am good? thinking that people can get into this sub stack and find out more about all your creative projects and your school and everything mm. else. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. We're going to jump right. Thank you both so very much. Mm. 
We've been touching on this, but it's a fair society. And I think what I want to do is just go back real quick, if I can, to uh, where is it? The yeah, because at the very end, we don't have too many. There we go. Okay. It's Nathan, can you give me slide? Uh, I think maybe I can do it here. These two, because in the last, the last time Eris was in Aries was 1392 to 1521, because it's every 560 years. It's a long time. And I searched and I found two instances where it seemed to relate. The first one, this is just to show, because we want to get back into what is this Eris and this North Node, and we've brought it up so well about our destiny and our karma, and, and it's been beautiful. But in 1456, when Eris was in Aries, this was at the South Node, though, but it was one of the closest spots and a solar eclipse that I could tell with in my general research that I did just last night, that there was a retrial of Joan of Arc and she was acquitted of heresy. And I thought that really said a lot about this heiress energy, a woman that, not to say that it's just within women, but she does exemplify this mm. very beautifully. Yeah. And the yeah. next time the, that was the closest that just popped up was in 1484. And this woman, Anna Regerin, she was the first topographer. Her family was, after Gutenberg had this printing press but she inscribed her name and i guess other people hadn't done that she was the first woman but she happened to do it on this this compendium that she printed of customary law called in german saxon spiegel which is the the story of 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 how, what you're telling about and it's all about the customary uh customs and that but from the Holy Roman Empire, I was just shocked how notable this was, that it was a woman who did it, something that was from the Holy Roman Empire from 1220 to 1235 of the existing laws, and it was still used until 1900, and it was the first time yeah. that I just yeah. wanted to add in what I noticed about these two examples, which are amazing that you found, is that this is on the the North Node, right? And the Joan of Arc was on the South Node. And Correct. when you look at the information for this one, it's into the future. Like if we're talking about the North Node, the Dharma, like what we oh, need to do. Yes. Whereas the Joan of Arc was the South Node, which was dealing reconciling with, something yeah. that had been done wrong, right? Exactly. Reconciling yeah. the karma. Mm. That's mm. amazing. Mm. You can't make this that. stuff up. No. No. <laughs> so here we are. It's like, I don't know if these... Uh, go into some of our thoughts if you have like a fairer society. Isn't that mm. what really Eris was What she's coming to? I think, yes, she's the goddess of pluralism at the top level. We talk about, so I say, you know, these planets are different depending on our level of consciousness and goddess of discord at the unconscious level. You know, we tend to think of Pluto and Neptune and the dwarf planets as being unconscious influences. This is the standard view of it. Um, but they're only unconscious if we're unconscious of them. <laughs> and so um, once we become conscious of them, it changes. And so uh, the go that's the goddess of discord at the unconscious, goddess of pluralism at, at the mm. top level, where 
where everything is valid. Uh, people can believe what they want. I can believe what I, I don't need you to believe the same as I believe. <laughs> it's okay. I can believe what I believe. You can believe what you believe. That's all good. <laughs> and, and that's the top level there. So that's what she's, she, she's encouraging us towards. And it's just a matter of, um, of, of, of allowing, of allowing that, I think, yeah, is basically the way. We have to, let... to me, it seems obvious, you know, like, and we're shifting scientifically as well from this idea of competition to collective and co-creative mm. or co-collaborative, mm. um, which is exactly what happens in nature. You know, mm. that, yes, there's a little mm. bit of this animal will take off the week in in yes. this mm. other subset of animals, but overall they're coexisting mm. and the fact is we are all on this planet together mm. <laughs> are we going to see that and work with that or are we going to continue to yeah mm, exactly there yeah. is this oh go ahead no i was gonna we're at a kind of crucial point in history where if we do if we don't see that holistic view uh, we are going to die out as a species probably yeah, you know it, drive ourselves extinct through our actions. Yes, and I think <laughs> going back to the mythology of the wound, thinking that Achilles, who was supposed to be the greatest warrior, and that's what the marriage was between. They had this child, Achilles, and Achilles okay. was the greatest warrior. And what yeah. does that say? It says that, and and who chose but Paris, a mortal, that, but... His mother dipped him in the river Styx to immortalize him, but holding on to his heel, didn't put her ah. hand in, I guess. And that's where he was vulnerable. Mm. And, and he was taught by Chiron, mm -hmm. who also had a wound, as it turns out, from his own, from mm. his, well, it was a long story, but that arrow was mm. poisoned by one of the many stories of Hercules that had also been another student but it gets back into these wounds that mm. isn't that in a sense what we're doing when we choose this or that instead of seeing some unity. Mm. But, but, you know, yep. in, this, in the war that's in now, unfortunately, in Israel, mm. it has interested me to hear on the news how some people are giving such compassion for both sides of the mm. innocents. And mm. that could mm. be somewhat an opening to this idea yeah. of eras yeah yeah mm. i think i think uh definitely uh life into love uh eris is, is is what is needed there i think what's going on uh, in that uh, how has just gone into scorpio uh how is an activist uh, uh in scorpio uh, she's a fire goddess and a water goddess, and um, so she repression is not going to be allowed in this next period. Um, and but how that'll resolve um, doesn't look, um, you know, ha happy in the short term. Well, no, and 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 politically <laughs> speaking, I, I was just looking at the best side of one little indication of hope that it wasn't just boo hiss. 
I mean, the grief yeah. is just mm -hmm. is shocking. Yeah, and it's I, going to be a rebirth. It's going to be a rebirth. But but yeah. you know, one of the discoveries. But I'm that glad it, to see it, that little part of people at least bringing up the fact that yes, you know, the the, the inclusivity that there everybody's mm. involved. That's yeah. Mm. Just to reiterate what you had said, Alan, towards the beginning about Eris is that she doesn't leave the battlefield until the battle is done. Mm. I feel mm. like that needs some emphasis that mm. we potentially could get to an end of battling. Mm. And, yes. and it's her desire to end the battling. It's not her desire mm. to stay on the battlefield. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say. And no. she fight. It's her desire for there to be harmony and to not have a battle mm. in the first place. Exactly. But if this is what it requires exactly. to get there, then she's going to stay in for the long term. That's right. That's right. Totally. And have enough power to do it. So, yeah. It really does return to that idea of the commonalities that we have and mm. to maybe celebrate the differences. There is that too. Obviously, every flower mm. has its own color. Every mm. flower has its own need of shade or sunshine mm. and that's not to say that one is worse than the other it's just is mm. what it is mm -hmm. so About creating bridges mm. yes right. oh boy mm. <laughs> <laughs> Did, now time is such uh, we could look at what i was thinking is i was trying to find i wasn't trying to just flip around i was going to show the chart that we have right now, but this is a bywheel. And the reason I brought up this bywheel is because, it, it, okay, if we, on the interior bywheel, if you can see this chart, it mm. is a lunar eclipse, which is ahead of us, right? I mean, we just had one okay. yesterday, but in mm. two weeks we have one coming up. Mm. And it's a lunar one, so the sun is opposite the moon. and it, But it happens to be at the north no, because it's a lunar eclipse, and the lunar eclipse. Right. All, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard. just to keep ourselves right geared here, <laughs> is is uh, within twelve degrees uh, within the necessary degrees because it has to be within eighteen degrees of the nose would be an eclipse for a lunar eclipse, and okay. it is. Hmm. And the point being, we wanted to bring up Maki Maki a little bit, so I yes. looked here and I saw. Now, for those folks, in my earlier slide, it shows, maybe I should go back to it, it shows all these little uh, icons, what they are. Okay. I, I, I should have just, uh, shoulda, shoulda, shoulda. But at any rate, let's see, I can find out. We can just talk about them. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to bring okay. my mom in for a second who would say, quit shitting on yourself. Oh, I know. Yeah. Here it is, though. There is the first slide because you can see that there's a the, the points down there. And I also named them for people that want to study this that are on well, YouTube. Well. But yes. the point is, if you look here, we'll look at this slide first. Maki Maki is nine degrees Libra, stays there a long time. It's very slow. And it is sextile to Varuna, which we have not mentioned about, but it is a higher octave of Saturn, as Alan has taught us, and mm. about nobility, what we do in life that nobility is, is bestowed upon us through our mm. actions. So there's sextile, 60 degrees. It means a connection. It's a, it's a flow, a harmonious mm. flow that's mm. going back or connecting. 
But meanwhile, if we look at Saturn, it will make in February a yod. And that's what I was going to bring up. Because that's mm-hmm. our, about our culture, our nobility, and the laws. So looking at it from that regard, jumping forward now mm-hmm. through time. Mm. He, so this is a yod between Maki Maki and Saturn and Varuna and Saturn. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Let's see if mm. I can find. Nate, uh, Nate, can you get me back to slide uh, whatever? <laughs> slide whatever. Okay. okay, I'm sorry about this, folks. That's yeah, it. okay, there here we is. are. That's I'm it. back to yeah. wherever. Slide 22. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Even <Correct>. numbers. <laughs> yeah, so here we have, and, and, and on February 29th, which isn't that far away, mm. it's, Saturn is exactly at that nine degrees. However, then, of course, everything else morphs a little, and Maki Maki will be at 10, and Varuna is retrograde, so it'll be at 7. So it's getting... A little wide, it's three degrees. Mm-hmm. But Saturn is going to be conjunct the Sun and Mercury. So it's going to be the three of them, meaning mm-hmm. our essential, uh, f- what's fundamental to us with Saturn mm-hmm. for our thoughts and our will. And oh, and I can't to add to it. Um, Maki Maki is also going to be squaring Quarar that likes to sing and dance creation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll be quite creative, yes, about our actions. Don't know. So what would I say about that? I'm thinking, um, so we're talking uh, Saturn is in Pisces there. And um, so and that's at the point of the odds. So it's something about our structure, the structure of our lives um, that's that's happening at that time. And it's getting a push-pull. The odds are push-pulls where sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work. And in that sort of in conjunct, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we sort of find why it works or make it work, um, depending on how we do it. Uh, and so they're coming from this maki-maki, which is... Um, our understanding uh, of, of who we are and who the world is, what the world is, and uh, you know, it's, it's the model that we we build of the world. Um, and Varuna is our sovereignty, so that's the, the, the higher octave of Saturn. We have to sovereignty. claim sovereignty. We have to say, "I can do this." And other people have to say, "You can." And, Thank you, Alan. If I might say, because we have about a minute here, if you've segued that beautifully, I noticed too that Varuna's also the apex of a yod, meaning all this that we're doing now with Eris, and, and that's Takora, singing and dancing, and what you're saying, doing what's necessary, has some hope and merit for the future, right? Yay. <laughs> what a good interpretation. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Shining a light on our service. So the yard is pointing to the sixth house, right? Mm. Yes. Where oh. Saturn is reflecting opposite is to that sixth house of service. So do, 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 refine and keep going. And what a treat. Here, I want to see all three of you on the big picture. Can you see all three of and us? And let's just do a shout out right at the end for people to download the Maki Maki yeah. book. So search on Amazon for the astrology of Maki Maki. 
make make m a k e m a k e and uh, and it's free. So do it. and find out where we are in our cultural rebirth because it really is a exciting time. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Al. Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.